hello, this is a cut in. This is a good episode. It's already been recorded. This has been recorded after the fact another day. Um, I don't usually do this type of thing, so it's coming out horribly. Uh, But the the podcast is cool. I used my Zoom to record it. And I have to re format my SD card so I had to get it from the Zoom onto the computer somehow so I did that and I finished doing that But yeah, you know. Gotta format. Done. Done. Oh no, the SD card says it's formatted now. So maybe recording again would work and I'd be able to get the file off of it. But recording with the Zoom was pretty cool. Um, You can like normalize and mix on the Zoom before you even put it on the computer. That's pretty cool. You can compress it and everything. Like, it's like logic, but like in a handheld device. Really cool. This should be way shorter than it is. Um, I wish I could make up for that somehow. In this episode, we talked to Thomas Jones. Pretty great. Um, let's start the show. Episode 104 Horse. Um, welcome. 
welcome into the program. Today we have a guest sitting in. Actually, this is not even my house anymore, so this is <laughs> me sitting into the guest space. Uh, today we are with one known as Thomas Jones. Hello, Byron. <laughs> my mortal going? enemy. <laughs> How's it going, man? Uh, it's feeling good. Feeling real good. Um, I want you to know that this was a long, elaborate trap uh, to get you here, <laughs> so I can finally siphon your energy. Nice. <laughs> Hopefully, it will be well siphoned. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you happen to have Facebook and Twitter handles and stuff? Um. Yes. Um. Uh. My Twitter is um, Tom J Comedy. Uh. Instagram. I am the other ukulele brother. <laughs> Um, and you can follow me on Facebook at, uh, the other ukulele brother, Thomas Jones. Nice. Uh, how's your, your Twitter life? Oh, man, I just, I, I never really had a Twitter. Like, I did have a Twitter, and it was full of stupid shit. But then now that I'm, like, trying to do the album and, like, actually promote myself as a comedian, I just opened it up. So really, all that's on there is just like, hey guys, I, I start recording today. Hey guys, that was fun. <laughs> I love using Twitter as a diary. That's my shit. <laughs> like, uh, just information that nobody really needs. Perfect for Twitter. Like, <laughs> it's so cool. Just like throwing shit into the void. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I haven't been tweeting uh, as much lately. Uh, honestly, all I have is like a few YouTube videos that I like. And um, a few recorded sets is like the only thing planned. Usually I have like at least some type of direction on the past three shows though. Which is really cool to have a guest on because it changes up my uh, goals, I guess, with each episode, you know. Right, right. about myself lately so it's cool to talk to somebody else uh, talk to somebody else about yourself yeah I mean yeah that's yeah. You know, it's like what, what's the Byron I know uh, he's he's an all powerful being that will destroy us one day <laughs> um, unless I take him down first Like a uh, pop culture occult, yeah, you know, the it's very pop culture. Very white girl, I'm a witch occult. Yes, exactly. Not enough truth. No, but it was pretty cool. I mean, like they they went heavy into magic. Like the first episode, and you're like, okay, this is the type of shit they're doing. It's like the opening scene. They're like, do some type of crazy ass spell that would never <laughs> look like that in the reality of our existence. <laughs> Been like pining for stories from Hollywood and like movies and stuff. 
like immortal heroes, but you can find an anime. Like, that's, that's where you need to get it from, though, anime, because it's all... <coughs> American cinema, they, they kind of want to, you know, just kind of push out a narrative and make you feel good. Anime, it wants to teach you something. <laughs> the true hero is inside you the whole time. Or, you know, the, the, the most powerful power of all is friendship. <laughs> You don't you don't see that in a in a in a episode of Autobots. What do, what do American cartoons teach us? Like GI Joe, it's like, hey, don't question the government. The the army's always right. We're here to protect you so, from some vaguely foreign <laughs> terrorist force. <laughs> no, all the all um all the Joes they speak like proper English, you know. Yeah, they got you know little accents, but but everybody from like <laughs> Cobra is just slightly foreign. Yeah. Not to one place or another. Just just a little brown. <laughs> <laughs> it's just pretty funny. Like the idea of like looking at American cartoons and stuff compared to Japanese and like very easy to see. Well, not easy. Some some is difficult for the. Most of it's easy to see that they're trying to teach lessons in Japanese culture. But like, if we look at the same dynamics in the Americans, like the lessons are weird as fuck. Uh, cause it kind. Of, I feel like it kind of goes back to like the whole Aesop's Fables, where like the stories were just like lessons, as in like, um, hey, stop fucking up. You know, it's always kind of like this negative, it's, it's negative reinforcement. Something always bad has to happen to, like, one of the animals before they can learn the lesson. But in, like, these Japanese cartoons and a lot of Japanese folklore, it's about, like, um, it's all about, like, determination or, like, like the koi swimming up the pond to become the dragon. Or, like, um, or it's always about, like, oh, with help, you can feels more wholesome. <laughs> hey, you know, they can't just make you work, you know, all day, every day. They just kind of encourage you to do it until you die. <laughs> <laughs> we started off on the anime topic. Do you have the, any, like, things to say to the internet about anime? <laughs> uh, guys, we gotta stop it right now. <laughs> We're, we're ruining everything. People hate us. Um, no, I don't know. I feel weird. It's not that I feel weird about anime. I feel the same way about anime that I did when I was like fucking 10 years old watching Pokemon. What I do kind of start seeing that's kind of weird, it's our public perception of anime now, like as a society. Where before it was like me and like my friends, me and like my two friends talking about it, but like we were like real quiet, you know, we sat by ourselves and we were like, oh shit, did you see Trigun last night? You know, but now like, uh, it's not uncommon to hear rappers like talk about Goku and there's, there's this one guy, he was talking about like Gone from Hunter x Hunter and I was just like, oh shit, this shit goes deep. I actually haven't seen that one. Hunter X Hunter? I know it's on like Adult Swim and shit, so it's like... Yeah, it's, it's finally reaching the American mainstream. 
Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I feel weird about it because also I kind of feel like very gatekeepy about it. Where it's like, no, 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 no. I was in on this, like, well, we were nerds. And I was going to my nerd conventions and, you know, meeting up with nerds. But now all you guys are into comic books and video games and anime and it's supposed to be cool. Nerds are cool now. No, we weren't cool. We're never cool. Nerds aren't supposed to be cool. (laughs) That's the unantithesis of a nerd. Took you out. Ha! My trap! How do you need to cool her off the sword if I have thermos? Packed it up. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Although I, I wouldn't be able to repeat it. I remember the last thing. like a certain kind of nerd. It's like, oh yeah, uh, he's got the glasses, and you know, he's real good with computers, and he's always like, <coughs> no, the nerds that you gotta try and make sexy are the ones that have like the weird beards, <laughs> the, the neck beards, and they always got like their Magic the Gathering deck on them, and they're also wearing like, you know, their waifu t-shirts. <laughs> that's the, that's, that's the concept that I need people to understand and be like, this is why we're trash. <laughs> this is why we're weep trash. Um, uh, you, you, you know the concept of waifu, you know? Uh, not specifically, but I do. I mean, it, the word. Yeah, all it really is, it's like you pick your favorite anime girl that you would like to wife up and that is your waifu. Oh, okay. And you, and you love that girl and you were defender at any moment, at any time, best girl always. <laughs> and we all have we all have a waifu. Um. Makes sense. <laughs> Man, anime is some shit with the uh, the the character relationships and shit. Cause they can do so much, <laughs> not being uh, real and shit. Like they can make their characters go through anything in the world and shit. <laughs> potential aspect of like art being like drawn instead of portrayed and honestly I have no idea how to make a movie like the, the structures they go into <laughs> like a beginning a middle end yeah, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> you got a protagonist and an antagonist but like then they get into intricacies of like you film this part first because of this and like all of that shit seems way too complicated <laughs> I mean, it's just that if all these scenes are going to be in the diner, if all these scenes are going to be in the diner, why not just shoot them the same day? You know, just <laughs> read the script, goddammit. <laughs> it's like a, they have like their own structure, like 3D, and they have to like move around in it and shit, like concept-wise, the script is the whole thing. Uh, have you ever 
been on a movie set? No, I have not. It's pretty cool. I was on, um, it was one of the Final Destination movies. Ooh, I like uh, this. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> but, like, basically, like, we were in the scene, I was in the scene where, um, where they're at the mall, and, uh, they, they go to, they go to the movies, and the movie's catching on fire, and everybody's, like, running out of the mall, and I was a part of the mall run, you know, and then, you know, they're like, okay, everybody, and move forward, and <laughs> you're just like, oh, shit, uh, uh, you know, wave your hands a little bit, you know, push somebody in front of you, make 150 bucks. Yes. Yeah. That shit sounds cool. <laughs> title, but I think I'm gonna, well, no, it's not even a working title, I'm gonna call it, uh, I did a thing, nice. um, I'm not 100% sure when it's gonna be out, cause I was aiming for May, but, um, the guy that records me, you know, he, he's listened to some of my music before that I've done, um, when I was playing in metal bands and ska bands, and, um, he was like, hey look, I know you know how to play bass, 
you know, let's get some bass on here, you know, I'll do some, like, guitar stuff, we'll bring in a percussionist, um, and we'll really build this album up, so, it might be a little bit, but, uh, just follow me, um, just follow the, the other ukulele brother, Thomas Jones, on Facebook, uh, Tom J Comedy on Twitter, um, and the other, the other ukulele brother on Instagram, and, you know, I'll keep everybody posted on when I'm doing stuff, when stuff's getting done. Um, but yeah, album. That was tight. Mm. I like, I like the rhythm that you spoke. Like, you have a good stage presence. Like, <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> I feel like we just, this should be like a commercial break. Commercial breaks are usually uh, just like me slapping the keyboard a little bit. Uh, also, you have musical instruments. Oh, yeah, dude. That's going to be a cool musical are, episode. Are, are we jamming? Project an ambient sound album. Ooh, dude, let's do fucking shoegaze. What's shoegaze? Um, it's kind of like emo, but like super sloggy. Um, it's super nice. It feels good. It makes you. It make it makes you don't want to dance like this, you know. Mm-hmm. 
You have to pay for the real shit. I mean, nah, like not even with your soul. YouTube's got you. Oh no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's more of if you're paying for shit. That's more of like personal. <laughs> oh man, the the guy I listen to calls it banking, like cosmic banking. <laughs> yeah, you can bank your soul. <laughs> oh my god, what? <laughs> I can, I can enroll my soul into a Roth RIA. <laughs> that's like, that's some shit if you don't read the self-help books while you're reading magic books. It's <laughs> like, like, a lot of people, like, me, my, what helped me was I was curing myself of depression. So, like, I wasn't trying to do dark shit, really. Right. Like, most of the teachers are like, you can do dark shit. So you're just stumbling across dark shit? Like, I don't know. I accidentally, you know, opened the gate to the seven hells, you know? Like, no. It's that type of stuff. But, like, it comes with a certain, like, personal strength of, like, you can be in those realms and, like, that's about it. But, like, you don't have to do anything in those realms if you're you're a person who's, like, trying to cure themselves of some ailment or something. You're not going to have time to mess around, like, doing weird spells and shit, like, this is why, like, you just get the potential, and, like, (laughs) 
this horse and I don't know how it was on a weird path and shit. But it was cool. Uh, what were we talking about before? Was, um, okay, so the deck said hello. Spiritual banking. Spiritual banking. <laughs> yeah, that was a cool point. <laughs> to where, like, yeah, if you if you have self interest enough, then you won't fuck up your spiritual bank. If you're self interested enough, <laughs> you're not gonna be like out here willy nilly. So like, so like, if I treat my soul like my credit card debt, like I'll just be good. <laughs> I wouldn't treat it like credit card debt, but I'd treat it like a battery or some shit. Is it okay? <laughs> so, like, when do we ask back more questions? Can we do that? Just ask okay. more questions? Alright. Would you like to ask and or flip about it? Oh, shit. Okay. It's um, up to you. I'll do the both. Okay, I'm gonna ask the deck. Hi. Um, why don't more people think that Shrek 2 is actually the better Shrek movie? What did I get? You got the The Trump card number 16. Tower is like a, a sign of like change. So like how would it how it would it be answering that? <laughs> I guess it wasn't time for Shrek too. <laughs> <laughs> like people just weren't cool with the change. They wanted yeah. they wanted ogre Shrek. It was too much handsome Shrek. <laughs> I get it, but it was very important. <laughs> it was the show like it doesn't matter even like. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. It's like this weird... It's like this weird, like, three-way blackmail. It's like, hey, look, you're a frog prince. It'd be, so, it'd be pretty shitty if you went back to a frog and your daughter was like an ogre again, wouldn't it? It's like, whoa, 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 we're all happy. And, you know, I can't just tell my daughter to do shit. Like, this is Saudi Arabia. Like, what are we doing? Best Shrek movie. Everybody watch rewatch Shrek too, and love it. It's so good. I do remember it being like weirdly political, like oh, yeah. there's like conspiracies and like <laughs> murder plots. <laughs> it was pretty cool. Oh, um, uh, uh, if you ever go on Facebook and you're bored, um, watch, uh, look up Shrek. Uh, the story retold, Shrek retold, the Shrek the story retold, um, over 200 different artists get together and they recreate scene for scene, uh, the movie, the first, the first Shrek movie, and it is absolutely amazing, it's, <laughs> full movie, and it's great, I'm gonna have to watch it, it's full movie of Shrek recreated, yes, the whole, from, from opening sequence, uh, title, like, even, like, the, uh, all-star beginning and Shrek, you know, fucking showering and chasing off 
the whole movie, the whole movie, 200 different people, like, just shoving their interpretations of the movie in between each other, like, one may be, like, uh, this little sketched out, uh, pencil, and the next one is, like, these very blocky, um, clay figures, and some of them are just people dressed up very crudely <laughs> as the characters recreating the scene. And it's all, like, just together. And, like, and it flows like the movie. And it's a good watch because not only is Shrek a good enough movie that it just kind of, um, it kind of passes, it, it passes through its bonds as a movie itself and to the point of, people retelling it in this weird folksy way is still like very clear you still get the feeling of like oh this is Shrek I'm watching a Shrek movie (laughs) sounds pretty intense (laughs) it's super intense the only good side of anime. <laughs> Everything else is weed trash. Uh, uh, for, for the listeners, Popsy Mepic, it's like this, um, it's, a, it's based off of a comic strip, a Japanese comic strip of these two little girls, two little school girls, and just like, it might be like, oh, we're gonna walk to school, and then the last panel, one of them's being like blown up in a rocket ship. It just goes off the rails. Um, so the show, it's just like that. It's two little girls and shit just goes off the rails regularly. But if you have, uh, uh, even though we're not sponsored, please sponsor us, uh, Verb. Um, if you have Verb, um, uh, it's on um, it's on Crunchyroll or um, Funimation. Please sponsor us, Funimation and Verb. Um, you can You can watch it. But um, the episode will play twice. It's a 15-minute show, but the episode plays twice. And the first time, the little girls might be voiced by women. But the second time, they'll be voiced by men. And sometimes the jokes change. Or, like, they decide to, like, do a dip or a bit will end differently. And you'll just watch the episode and you'll have to, like, kind of guess you know, oh, this bit is different, oh, this joke is different, and it's really fun, it's a nice watch. Yeah, I watched, like, three episodes, maybe, mm. it's pretty cool. It got intense, like, like a rescue mission. <laughs> <laughs> they kept rescuing each other. <laughs> like, the whole episode. <laughs> I was like, what is this? <laughs> So I'm 
like dreading getting to the formalities, but I need to because if I don't, then this will last forever. It's only been 30 minutes, holy shit. Yeah, dude, you make a good time. I guess I'm checking out my uh, my Facebook memories from this day, and it's all memes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I enjoy past memes. <laughs> It's weird how Facebook memory works, where it's just like, hey, you remember this picture that you took with your high school girlfriend? Yeah, doesn't it suck like you have memories about that now, where she was like, kind of shitty to you? It's like, oh, oh why would you do that to me, Facebook? <laughs> I've tried my best. Slave labor dictates um, myself being the master and creator of the rules. Uh, so I just not, not follow my rules. I mean, it's, it's probably the most anarchist thing you can do <laughs> to not follow even your own rules. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> That's pretty hardcore to me. <laughs> Do you have 
to play like a song or anything for the for for the really? audience and I. <laughs> okay. up here, which is, like, my tuner, but, like, sometimes, like, you'll turn it on, see, like, it's supposed to be flashing, and sometimes, like, you just kind of, you think, like, you press the button, and you really don't, or you double push it, and this thing will stay on for, like, a week and die, and the batteries are, like, hella expensive, like, fucking, like, the little disc batteries, I hate them so much, (coughs) but... I need them to survive. super excited. Were you at uh, the five-year anniversary show for um, for um, Bear With Me? Uh, I might have been. Mm. I may be. No, like I was there early, I think. You think that? They put me on early that night. Oh, yeah, because you were going on to Siberia. Um, well, they had another dude there. His name was like uh, Armin, I think. But he was playing ukulele, too. And I was pretty hyped. I thought that was pretty dope. I I love musical comedy. I want I want to see more people doing musical comedy. And I think I definitely think there are more people in New Orleans that want to do it. And I think they're kind of in the same boat I was, where you're like, where I was kind of like, I don't know. I felt like it was super hacky, like the same way, like. Like, going up there and playing music. You're going up there to play music because, like, you can't really write jokes. And I guess that was just, like, a stigma I put on myself because I just wanted to be really good at anything I try. Um, but, you know, obviously, you know, there have been people that have been really good at this. And, you know, Bo, Bo Burnham, uh, Stephen Lynch. Um, uh, sometimes uh, Lewis Katz does some stuff with the violin. Um, 
you know, it's just all about how the art that you put out. Um, so I kind of got over it, and um, and I just kind of started fucking around on the ukulele, and then I came up with a song. I did it one night, and it went well. So I was like, okay, I think I'll keep going. Um, but I think, like, kind of a wall that, um, I think a lot of people that do comedy music might hit is, are you making, are you making funny songs, or are you making songs that are funny? Um, obviously, like, when you listen to Bo Burnham and Stephen Lynch, um, their songs are very, like, heavy punchlines. Um, it's all about setting up, uh, while the, uh, verse might be, um, you know, the setup for the joke, the chorus is the punchline. The chorus is where the jokes are coming in. Um, you kind of write it in a way so that it's very easy for somebody to listen to it right now and know where the joke is and laugh. Um, with a lot of stuff, with, um, songs that are funny, um, people like, um, uh, Jonathan Colton, Paul, Paul and Storm, um, Molly Lewis, um, they write these songs that are, they're very funny, you know, it's very apparent that they're funny, but, um, the funniness of them are kind of hidden within, like, uh, really good lyrics, um, you know, framing, um, for example, like, um, Jonathan Colton, he has a song called The Future Soon, um, and it's like, um, I left a note on Laura's desk, it said I wrote you signed an anonymous friend, and the whole thing is like, um, she figures out that he was the one who wrote it, and she tells everybody, and everybody makes fun of him, and now he's all alone, but it's okay, because in the future, I'm gonna be a cyborg robot king, and you will be my robot bride. And it's just this goofy song, but, like, you listen to it, and you're like, oh, shit, like, I, I really like this. Um, I've, I've kind of, at the beginning, I've always wanted to stick to being, um, stick to writing funny songs, but now, you know, I've, I've been working on some stuff, and I feel like it's okay to drift into writing songs that are funny. Um, I can, you know, present them out all the same. You know, I may not be able to, you know, go to, um, it's not, it may not particularly be a song that, you know, I may not want to, you know, go to Redux and do, you know, because it's my, it's maybe not punchy enough, but, you know, there are places where I could go play music. I do have avenues where I can record my music and send it out. Um, so I'm so I'm just super hyped about like all my future endeavors that I'm working on and what I can present to everybody. Byron, what is your favorite thing about comedy?
profession where you could do anything for your profession. Anything it would just be like, oh yeah, he's he's getting ready for his profession. <laughs> it's like what is he uh, scrambling eggs on the sidewalk? Yeah, that's for his time later. <laughs> I don't know. Is there any other like profession where like you wake up and you're like, why would I do that? <laughs> like, oh, I'm gonna get on stage and tell strangers like some of my like deepest darkest secrets. Yeah, that's cool. How much am I making? <laughs> I spend money to be here. Cool. <laughs> starving artist, but you're not really starving because, you know, you got a job, but you, you do it for the gram. Started to relevant. 
Scientifically, okay, that's good. That's a really good one. That's a good one. So, so they're saying that the Earth is naturally magnetic, or that it produces magnetic that it produces a magnetic field through its uh, through its revelation. Naturally, everything's naturally. Everything's naturally magnetic. Electricity and electromagnetism together. I feel like there's so many things wrong with that. It feels wrong. This dude's proved in so many ways. It's ridiculous. And like, now he's bringing out evidence that the CIA had already known for like, of course, it's 50, you know, 60 years they've already known this shit. They've just been doing weird shit. But why though? That's that's my problem with a lot of these conspiracy theories. Because once you know, like that, it's so organic that it puts you up to date on the calendar, and you can predict events. And they don't need everybody being able to predict <laughs> the next sun over. You know? They're like, nah, they don't need to know that. <laughs> Call us, uh, Rod Earthers. Nah, I don't really have a name. <laughs> I was just trying to put a name there. But... <laughs> I'm offended by these labels. <laughs> <coughs> I'm just saying, like flat Earth. That's that's unrealistic body standards. <laughs> I like a girl with curves. Hell yeah, uh, big old curves. <laughs> Me and the electromagnetic waves definitely curve. Spherical. 
I'm gonna spend a week watching these videos. Okay. And then I'm gonna uh, gather up some data, and I'll come back to you on this. <laughs> Scientifically, <laughs> I would start with like the first videos. Just like it's, I gotta explain the path. He got his information by a download from God. Okay. Right. So God showed him how electricity moves through matter. All right. <laughs> so like, since that day, he's been trying to explain it. And, like, he'll draw things and, like, try to explain it. And then, like, he'll shine the light through a paper and then, like, bend the paper and it'll make the the pattern that he had already drawn. He's like, there it is, there it is. He's literally going through this experience of, like, God told me I was right. God is telling me. And, like, he's proving himself right. You know? It's been, like, three years. All right. <laughs> I'm on it, scientifically. That's <laughs> <laughs> really cool story. <laughs> this is going to be quite the adventure. Yeah. Um, other things that I was into is a book. I read a book recently. I listened to a book. Uh, Show Good Omens. That's going to come out soon. It's pretty cool. Like uh, another version of the immortal hero again, but not in anime. Right. And it it's, looks like it's gonna be a good show too. Uh, written by like Neil Gavin and some other dude. Don't know the name of, but I can probably remember Terry, Terry Hatchie or something like that. Also, a really awesome, amazing story called Junk by this dude, Lesbo. And apparently, Lesbo, he was written like a shitload of movies and shit. But this one audible audiobook was like legitimate as fuck. According to junk DNA, like if everybody's junk DNA turned into either a superpower or like a catalyst for them to turn violent and angry, or like they just stay normal. So like there's like three versions of people, and like a new class comes out, a new class of all the the old uh, mentally disabled people. So like there were ticks are fixed by the the evolution, and then like there's also like the zoo alien race or whatever. It's like really cool, and I don't know if it was the story of the immortal hero, but it was definitely a really cool apocalyptic story. Definitely. Hopefully they adapt that into some shit. <laughs> Thank you.
great to read. Reading. Reading's for nerds. <laughs> I feel like I'm reading a bunch to, to be like, okay, this is why I'm not writing. kind of got like that, um, there was a period where I wasn't writing comedy because I was just like, oh no, I'm, I'm writing stuff for D&D, you know, if I'm, if I'm writing, you know, that's a good thing, it's like, no, write, write jokes, you need to write jokes. <laughs> Because I like the first one. Um, it was super, it was super jarring, but it was good. I enjoyed the fuck out of it. Um, and this next book better be written in um, fourth person, fourth person perspective uh, through the influence of time. Um, Almost. <laughs> Okay, what's fourth dimension? <laughs> uh, I haven't mapped it out to four dimensions. There are people who have the people who are like, this is the fourth dimension. I'm like, uh, maybe. <laughs> Wednesday, actually, I went in and I recorded um, some bass stuff. Um, so in a week, uh, in about two weeks, we're going to go back and we're going to start arranging everything so that we can get a percussionist to come in. And then after that, just be like post-production, some weird bullshit. And I have a release party. <coughs> Bitches, cocaine everywhere. Oh my goodness. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm a monster. Uh, this one is uh, my roommate Bigfoot. Anytime. 
aspects of the elements in this element. So like the wind, that might be the wind version of the wind, how the princess corresponds to.
Hello, past me. How are you Thank you. 
to have you as a guest on the podcast. Oh, dude, thanks for having me. It was an awesome cutaway for me not talking. <laughs> just playing the stand-up set to me like, okay, that's it. <laughs> that's what the podcast needs. Healthy. Healthy episodes. Now I'm going to flip on the skirt <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> number 13, Chuck Carr, dear. The 
support local comedy. Uh, support all local art. Um, wear your seatbelt. Uh, <coughs> drink water. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know, all the good stuff. Oh yeah, um, uh, Facebook uh, is um, the other ukulele brother, Thomas Jones. Um, my Twitter is at Tom J Comedy, and on Instagram you can find me at the other ukulele brother. Episode.